podcast that helps you return to yourself and to your desires so you can live the exact life you want. This is for you if you're ready to make major changes in your career, in your relationships, or within yourself. While I am a therapist, this is not a substitute for going to therapy. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Return a Podcast. I'm sitting here smiling so big. I have my friend and colleague, Nicolette, on the show today. Nicolette, welcome. Thank you so much, Caitlin. It is truly just an honor and a privilege, and I just enjoy getting to spend time and talking with you anyway. So I'm so excited for this today and to be here. Same. I know we used to get to see each other a lot more than we do now. Now we're just on the Instagram streets and DMs, but it's so great to connect with you as always. So help our listeners who are not familiar with you and your work. How would you do? Because you're doing so many cool things right now. How would you describe what you do? And then my next part to that is also I love to hear like what called therapists, healers, coaches to the type of work that they do. Cause I feel like that's such a part of yeah. the why. The why. Know? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the best way to sum up the work that I do is that I love helping women and especially women entrepreneurs stop letting their inner child run their business. Ooh, That's, that, yeah. <laughs> when you said that, it reminded me of some like financial therapy work I did mm-hmm. at the beginning of my business. And I was doing this work with this part of me that was really young. And I was like, oh no, there's like a 10 year old making financial decisions in my yes. business. Yeah. It's yeah. so real. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And so I am, I mean, I just love inner child work. I think part of this, like what brought me to it is that inner child work has been so healing for me as well. So that is part of what, like I got the introduction, just became like such a huge fan and proponent of like, wow, like this lens, this type of work, like what a way to do trauma work and healing. So For me, part of the reason I became a therapist and then in particular, a trauma therapist, like that's my specialty and expertise is I myself have quite an extensive and complex trauma history as well. So grew up very poor in a home with parents who were addicted to drugs and lots of physical, emotional abuse that happened. And part of that trauma and part of my journey was also making so many choices and decisions that came from a place of not being good enough, Mm -hmm. right? Like feeling like no matter what I did at home was never good enough, never got me the love and acceptance that I wanted. And it didn't matter that I was a straight A student. I was in the top of my classes that I took all honors and AP classes and right, like went to college on like all of the scholarships and Graduated again, like at the top of my class, never enough. And so thinking about some of that journey and again, like the healing and work that I've had to do that 
I sometimes even think we sometimes step into entrepreneurship as just another means of a way to mm. like really try to prove it. Right. Like, absolutely. Look, I can start a business, right? Like that's how successful, right? Like now I can prove that I'm enough. It wasn't enough to get like my supervisor's approval, right? And to like move up in a company now, right? Like I'm a CEO of my own thing. How oh great, gosh. how much more can you do with that, right? Absolutely. Thank yeah. you, first of all, for sharing that. And Second of all, it's so true. It makes me think about there's a podcast called The Diary of the C- a CEO, and he interviews all of these like very world famous CEOs. And he always asks a question about like in a roundabout way. He obviously doesn't use the word inner child, but like, tell me about your childhood, what happened. Yeah. And a, not, you know, obviously same experience, but that idea around like worth or proving or supporting those younger parts of us that so desperately, of course, needed love, affection, whatever they needed and didn't receive it for a variety of reasons. Those parts often in CEOs work really hard to get exactly what you're describing. So I can just tell how much this work means to you and how much this is like really your calling. So thanks for sharing that. So exciting. And you, (sighs) you support women entrepreneurs in a variety of ways, right? It's not, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So of course I am a licensed therapist. So in the state of Tennessee, where I reside, I can provide like that intensive trauma therapy, then because of the work that I love doing and part of like seeing my own journey and all of this stuff showing up in my own business and having to recognize those things really wanted to expand. And so I now also offer coaching for women entrepreneurs and it's under the guise of like mindset coaching, of course, because so much of it is, right? Like even when we're talking about inner child, it is those parts that are showing up and saying, that's not good enough, right? Like there's not going to be enough, right? You better work harder, right? Like that's all of that stuff that impacts our mindset. So I created a program called Redefining Success. I love this. Thanks. Because I think we get so caught up in this idea of like success being, a certain thing, right? It's like the number of clients we have or the amount of money that we're making or right. Like, yeah. The title, whatever it is. Totally. And really success rate is like healing those parts, being in alignment, having balance and peace. It's turning the laptop off at 5 PM, right? Having your weekends or whatever time, right? And so, so much of it is creating a business that supports your life instead of the other way around. (laughs) So well said. I just have to chuckle before we started recording, Nicola and I were catching up and I was sharing that, you know, entering into motherhood is really activating some of these successful parts or parts of me that need to remember about redefining because you build this thing and a lot of times without awareness, luckily I've done some of that work, but yeah. I am aware of those parts of me, why they built this thing beyond, of course, my own like purpose. And I really do feel like this is my calling too, but we have to watch who's running 
things. Yeah. And who's making those decisions and who's saying, you know, as I kind of wind down before I go on maternity leave, who's making meaning about yeah. not quote unquote achieving. So this episode is going to be amazing because you are the perfect person for this. I thank you so much for coming on. It's going to be great. Before we jump into like all of my high achieving questions, I've started a new segment and it's something that you're grateful for or you're celebrating or made you laugh out loud this week. Just to, you know, add in some fun. Yeah. So I'm really thinking about what I am so grateful for. And it's sort of all in this theme of, right, like the redefining success and the slowing down and the high achievement is I actually, because of all of the things that are happening currently, like in my business with my therapy practice and the mindset coaching and have been feeling so just overrun, right? Like having to make so many decisions and figuring things out. And yes, I forget that. I am the CEO and I can, I can take time off whenever I need to. That's right. (laughs) Right. And so I am so grateful because I actually like have been feeling all of this of like, oh my God, like go, go, go. I've got to do all these things and I've got to figure stuff out. And I was like, I need a break. Like I need Mm. to pause. Everything will be okay. And so, yeah, I'm actually, I'm currently, this is my time off right now, but the next like five days off. Like, oh, I just, yes. Yeah. So, and I, and I'm so grateful that I can do that, that I can step in and say, like, I need a break. Yes. It's time. Right. Like, and planned it. Right. Like, I wasn't like, oh, you know what? Thing I'm going to take tomorrow. Peace off. out. <laughs> Bye, <laughs> clients. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I was able to plan and do the preparation, but so grateful that I can, like, I can listen to my body. And I can recognize what's showing up and I can say, yeah, I need to pause. I need to take a break. I need to refresh, right? And yeah, block some time off. And so, so grateful. And I think just celebrating that too, like being able to do that and the joy of literally having nothing to do. (laughs) Like that was my thing yesterday. Like that was my first day off of this little block. And it was literally like, nothing. Like I do nothing today. Amazing. So glorious. I love that though. And I feel like culturally we as Americans are way bad at this and other cultures, like the Italians even have a whole phrase for it, you know, dolce di niente. And we, I probably totally butchered that. So if you speak (laughs) Italian, help me because I clearly don't, but it's like we've somehow lost the enjoyment, the gratitude, the like replenishment that comes from doing that. So what a beautiful thing you're modeling, not only for your clients, because they probably need that reminder too, but also just that goes back to that inner child healing, you know, and thinking like helping those parts really see like it's totally cool and also necessary to do this. So yeah. Amazing. I'm celebrating that with you. That sounds fabulous. I hope you have a great few days of just doing yeah. 
yeah, absolutely yeah. nothing and relaxing. And thanks for coming on while you're in the middle of nothing. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was, I'm having, I, my husband actually like pointed that out. He's like, you're supposed to be like doing nothing during this time. He's like, and you scheduled a work thing. And I was like, I don't know if this really is like a work thing though. I was like, it's Caitlin. Like I know her, like <laughs> then the nice thing is I feel like sometimes like for me, this is such a joy to yeah. do that I also don't feel like I'm working. So amazing. Thank you for sharing that. So great. Something that made me LOL this week. Have you seen sex education? I know I'm very late to the party. I have not actually. So I'm like even later. I do know of it though. So I I remember like maybe two or three years ago. And my partner was like, you need to watch the show. I think you'll really like it. And I watched the first episode and I was like, no, I'm not into it. And I, for whatever reason, so then I never watched it and I've been hearing all of these great things. And I used to work a lot with teenagers. So anyways, I've been watching it and it's, I just like British humor. I think it's so good. And so those episodes made me laugh out loud. They're really funny and fun, but also like the character development is really insightful and you see growth. So it's a good one. Highly recommend, at least for me. All right, let's get into it. I want to know from your perspective, this high achieving woman that you support, like who is she? What is she struggling with? Help help me get a picture of this person. Yeah. When I think of like the high achieving woman, I think the first word that comes to mind for me is hyper independence. Ooh, yeah. That, right? Like I'm going to do it all. I don't need anybody, right? I think of like this hyper independence of very much as like bad bitch, sort of like- yes right? Like, I don't need you. I can do it on my own, right? Like, fuck you. I got it, right? Oh, yeah. All on my own. And I think there's a part of it too of like, and I can't trust you to do it, right? Like, I have Uh, to do it all on my own because you're not going to do it as well as I can, right? Like, you're going to mess it up and then I'm just going to have to fix it, right? So I'll just do it. I'll just do it, right? So I think so much hyper-independence that shows up. And then this other weird side though of like people-pleasing, where people are like, hey, like, can you do this thing? And then because you've been killing it and doing so well and so successful, right? Everyone comes to you and then you say, of course, of course I'll do it. Of course I'll totally. take it, right? Like always loading up, but never being able to, right? Like say no, like, no, I don't have the space or time or energy commitment to do that. It's always, yes, of course I'll do it. And then never sharing it, right? Of like, well, I can't delegate. I can't like give it to other people because they're not going to do it as well, right? And so much of what I do, right, is like so good. That's like, it's the identity that starts getting like really mixed up in there, right? Where it's just like almost snowballs where you're so good at what you do. Everybody always comes to you. And now we've, right, like this bar just keeps rising and rising. So we can't share it. We have to do it all. We Oof. can't say no, right? So then there's like perfectionism that's like getting all mixed up in here. Totally. And in like a weird way, it served you. Like it's worked because- yeah. Right. Like that's why you're always getting the promotion. That's why your reviews are always right. Like, oh, exceptional. You're getting right. Like the raises or you're moving up. You're, you do all the things and you're so good at it. So good. A thousand percent. It's like it just 
that snowball image is really stuck with me of like, you know, it starts to snowball because you are so you not only are you so good at that, but it is so rewarded. Yes. Externally, like you are achieving things and it probably feels really good for a little bit. And, you know, it makes me think about, I don't know about you, but like personal experience that I've had with like the same snowball idea and especially working in the corporate world. It also reminded me of like that saying, I don't know if you've heard this, but if you want something done, give it to the busiest person, like definitely applies more to the corporate world. But that's kind of the idea of what you're describing of like, cool, keep adding, keep adding, because that person is just going to keep going and achieving and achieving until something there's an inevitable breakdown though. Right. (laughs) Like no one's a superhero. unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think one of these defining qualities, and I, I know it for myself and my own work is that pushing through. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Right. And how often we use like, I've just got to get through this week. I just have to get through right. Like this month or right. Like this is just the busy season, right? Like I just have to get through this. Mm. it never really ends, right? We just keep finding ways to push through. And even if the work continues to look great, there are other things that start suffering. Cause like you said, we can't, like, it's not sustainable. No, I found that out hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether or yeah. not you consciously or subconsciously realize that your body is probably going to give yeah. you some feedback about how that is not sustainable for years and years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I just see it in my own like work history and patterns where I worked at an agency and oh it was gosh. like, well, yeah, we could get into a whole thing about agency work anyway. <laughs> Listen, another episode for sure. Right. If you're a therapist right now listening, you know what we mean about agency work, but yeah. Yeah. And I was, there were only two people who worked with adults. It was me and one other person. And I found out that they kept giving me all these new clients. My caseload was like getting up to 60 people, by the way. No. Yeah. And the other person only had like 35 or 40. And I remember. Only, sorry. I I know. know. But in comparison to you. So they had almost basically half. Half. Yes. Yeah. And I remember going to my supervisor and being like, what the fuck, right? Yeah. Like, why do I have like 60 people and Henry over here has like 30, right? Like what's happening? And she told me, she was like, well, I knew you could handle it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I knew I could work you and you could take it on and right. the other person, oh my gosh. Right. And like, what a cue, right? Of like, yes. How hardworking, overachieving, pushing through, making it work, figuring out, right? Like I had all of those really amazing skills, right? That were being exploited. Absolutely. Right. 100%. Yeah. But that was, yeah. Like what type of quality care could I really have been providing, right? Like I was doing the best that I absolutely could. Well, of course. Right. But yeah, like that's not good care, Also, for those of you listening that don't know about caseloads or aren't a therapist, having a caseload of 60 people, that means Nicolette was serving on a weekly or I don't know what your cadence was, every other week basis, 
60 people in a very in-depth therapeutic way. Like that's absolutely because those 60 hours aren't just right. one-on-one there for every, I don't know what they, there's some kind of mathematical oh. equation to this, but it's like for every therapeutic hour, there's like yeah. notes and this and that and billing, depending yeah. on what you had to do. So, wow, that is tremendous. And I think a healthy caseload, and we probably have a totally different perspective on it, you know, depending on the person, like, my healthy caseload number is 15 or less a week. And probably if I'm being really honest with myself, like closer to 10 or 12 is really the sweet spot and where I like to be. So, and that will probably change as well. Yeah, absolutely. And during that time I was, I was working probably like over 80 hours a week and by the, and only getting paid for 40 by the, right. Like, cause of course I was salaried. Um, Yes. One is always salaried in an agency. And also (laughs) might we just comment that it is like barely enough to live on in whatever state you're residing in. Oh yeah. I mean, God, I, yeah, I can't believe I somehow got through that. And again, right. Like there were skills in that, that served their point and purpose. Totally. They did get me through that. They help me see things too of right, oh yeah, like look at what I am capable of. And if I'm not careful, right, like people will use that and exploit that. And then I went into business for myself and, and did it to myself, right? Because I can do that. And having to bring all of this awareness back to it, this is not, right, like what success truly is. Yeah. I love that you've named the program and are gearing it towards redefining it because there is so much external messaging and validation. I mean, look at like, you can handle it. That probably, if I heard something like that, certainly back in my like mid to late twenties, I would be like, oh my gosh, yay. Look at me employee of the, you know, I would have a ego boost from that and it would feel really good. And yeah, like you said, we have to be really careful because no one is looking out for this, particularly when you work for someone else. Cause they're like, great. I have this amazing employee that can do all of these things. They're probably thinking they like won the lottery. And at the same time, unless they're an incredible employer or leader, they are just going to keep yeah, take adding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Okay. So Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. I appreciate the way you're talking about how these kind of all snowball together. We've got perfectionism. We've got people pleasing. We've got, you know, of course, those parts that want to achieve based on whatever factors have happened. What should listeners really be on the lookout for here within sort of that snowball as they start to listen to this and they probably are going and just imagining like, a younger version of me listening and being like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's probably me. What, what would you recommend that they're like looking out for within all of this? Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking about even my younger self who would be listening to this. And I think I noticed the, the resistance that would show up. If my younger self listened to this, she might be like, oh, I hear that, but a resistance to, but this, but this serves me, this feels good. This yes. makes me feel 
good, good enough, right? It makes me feel accomplished or right, like worthy of these things, right? Look, and what a tangible way to get that evidence, right? Because my supervisor mm -hmm. said, I can see 60 people a week, right? Like, so I think being aware of if there's a part of you that's like, oh, this sounds like me, but noticing like a, and I don't want, I don't think I want to let it go, right? Like, I think I, this feels good though, right? And I, totally, even, yeah. And I think about the clients that I've worked with who they're like, but if I'm not getting right, like validation and self-worth from this, then where does it come from, Nicolette? <laughs> right? Like, but yeah. why are you trying to take this away from me? Right. <laughs> I mean, and it's such a good point and a valid question because if not from there, then where? And yeah. how I'm sure unsafe that feels inside then because it's like, oh my goodness, who am I in this world? I mean, certainly for me back then and even I can still, I've worked with these parts, I've done yeah. the inner child work. And as I go through a different transition, I can feel them showing up in me right now of like, oh, what do you yeah. mean? You're just going to like leave your business, which if you, you know, take, like take that at face value, it's like, okay, but you're going to like be taking care of a baby <laughs> kind of important thing as well. But those parts, they're so young and I can sense them, you know? So it's like, I really hear the resistance to that because it is so externally validated. People love it. You get something out of it but it comes at a like a really high cost. But yeah. because the pushing through is there so much, sometimes it's harder to remember the cost. Yeah, right. And I think there is this piece where it, it feels worth it in a way, yeah. right? And when we especially bring it back to like childhood and inner child, what else did we have as children, 100%. right? Like that was it. And then especially if you're growing up, you know, like, in homes like I did, right, where parents were were not present, were not affectionate, never said the words, I'm proud of you, right? Like the only place that I think I had any type of authentic connection, right, like validation was school, right? Where, yes. right, like, of course, the teacher, oh my God, right? Like, what a great student you are. Look at, right, like, look at how smart you are. It's the first place that you start mm. getting yeah, recognition, but it's all through achievement, right? I wasn't showing up in the classroom, just sitting there and teachers being like, you're so wonderful. Good job. Right. Like it wasn't until I was getting straight A's or I was doing really well writing a paper or on a project or right. Like showing in my testing that, oh, look, I can do like advanced things. Then you get all of the attention and all of the praise. Right. And so if that's the place I get it and at home, right, like I don't even exist to my parents, right? Like what other story do I make up as a child to survive? Totally. Like, of course they're connected. You had to do something and that's what those parts of you learned. And, you know, it's like, I have to do this thing, achieve this thing, and then I can have this. Yeah. Yeah. So of course it's difficult to let that like connection oh. Yes. go because the, of course that's scary like oh my gosh it's so threatening so threatening of course yeah. and I just think about those young parts like it's so hard developmentally like think about trying to explain to a child like no no it's gonna be okay like this concept you know it's like 
they're young. They don't know. They, of course they don't know. And that's where that in depth, I imagine, I'm just thinking about clients I work with too, that like in depth work, that sometimes trauma work, that return to, you know, your own inner child and being there and helping it through that process is what's really important. And the resistance, of course, will be there. How could it not be? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I really even think about what I tell my own clients, right? Is like, we make up stories as children to make sense of what's happening around us because we cannot sit in the reality of the experience. Totally. And what a, like, how cool it, like, how amazing is that as a child? Like what a beautiful thing that those parts did to help you get through. I mean, and by you, I mean, just the plutonic, anyone who's had that experience of like helping you get through that your little inner child did the best they could with what they had. And look at creative, resourceful, like these are gifts. So we don't want to just totally kibosh that. And that's what I explained to clients too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So with this like resistance and the threat and the fear of like letting this go, and that's not exactly what we want to do, right? Right. We're not just tossing it in the trash, getting rid Mm -hmm. of it, saying you can't ever do that again. I do think there's a part of it where we really want to honor though, right? Like, wow, thank you, younger self. Like, I can't believe the stuff that you did and went through to get me to here, right? Like, I credit so much of my success to my younger selves, right? Like they should have never in that position. No. Look at what they were able to do. And the only reason that I am here is because of the skills and the things that they did. And I want to honor that. And I also want to give them room and permission to rest now because they've been working so hard. That's exactly it. They've been working so hard and we we want to honor that and we want to make sure that we're not just like kicking them out. I mean, yeah. these are such amazing skills of we as we've been talking about and we want to sort of I don't know if you would say this but certainly this is how I imagine it too. We kind of want to hand over the baton yeah. of like leadership to the 2023 versions, adult versions of ourselves, and yeah. let those little kids also bring in creativity and play and rest in yeah. the way that they probably should have or could have back then, you know, yeah. like also let them have some fun, maybe. Yes, absolutely. And the like analogy, imagery, metaphor that I use with my clients, and I always tell them like, they're welcome to create their own version. Like this is what I imagine and what works for me is I tend to imagine that we're at like a giant conference table and I need to make sure that like adult 2023 Nicolette is at the head of the table. Yep. Like all my younger parts get to be there, right? Like they get to have a voice. Totally. They get to share their opinion, right? That way I'm honoring, I'm validating, right? Like I'm making sure that they're still heard, but that at the end of the day or decision-making, right? Like it is adult Nicolette here in this moment Bingo. Yeah. that makes the choice or decision. I just take the input, right? Like, oh, okay. Yep. I hear you younger self who says we should just, right? Like keep going and keep going because that's how we feel good about ourselves. <laughs> Noted not needed. Right. Like exactly. Exactly. I love that analogy. I use that one. Sometimes I Mm -hmm. use like the inner CEO. Sometimes I use like a bunch of different ones depending on what's happening, but it's so true. Like this is the key 
you know, if you're listening and you're taking notes or you're like you zoned out for a second, which is totally fine. This is like if we could highlight this piece, it's that where is the where are those decisions coming from and how can you help those younger parts of you not be the inner decision makers, but still have a valid voice because they do have good points sometimes, of course, but ultimately you 2023 person, you have the biggest zoomed out, most adult, most calm, confident vision of your life. And so it's listening, taking that in, but then you're the decision maker, not these younger parts. And like we said in the beginning, there are so many aspects of our life where we don't even realize, at least I didn't for a little while until I was doing financial like inner child work therapy with someone in the financial world who was trained in that, I was like, wow, what? There's like a 10-year-old making these financial decisions. That's very worrisome. So <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. Is there something that like really irks you when you're out on the Instagram streets or on TikTok that you hear about high achieving women that you're like, this is not because, you know, everyone has an opinion on the internet these days. And is there something that really just like makes you be like, no, wrong? Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about there's, I think maybe two parts or pieces to this of the first thing that sort of comes up for me is that like, and we see it all the time of like that check-in on your strong friend type of thing. Cause that's what I, I really think of with this like high achieving, right? Like overachieving version is we are the strong friend usually. Yeah, totally. We are the person, right? Like everybody comes to, and I can think about the amount of times where people have been like, oh, you're just so strong, right? Like, wow, look at, you know, and there is this part of like, yeah, look at me, but there are other parts of like, oh, you've got no idea, right? Like what is going on inside? Yeah. And we are so quick to make judgments about the outside appearance of what people are doing, right? And so, oh, that's wow. right. Yeah. Like look at her and like, look at what she's doing. Wow. She must really have it together. And then we, we don't think of, well, what does she need? Right? Like maybe we should check in with her. Like, we we're just like, oh, she's got it. Look at her. She's killing it. Right. And and we are so often the ones who are most neglected in a way. And again, some of that like hyper independence, right? Like we can't share, we won't share. But yeah. there's so much built up in that identity of like being needed by others. Right. And totally. And what would it mean if we weren't needed by others? Mm. But what would it also mean if we needed others? And there's such a fear with like dependency on people, right? And I feel like it's got this like, and people are so quick to be like, oh, that's codependent. Oh, they're codependent. But we need like healthy interdependence on each other. Like there is totally. healthy dependence. And we we need that. Like we as human beings are created, developed for like community and social connection and dependency. We need other people. There's nothing weak about that. But I think especially in like American Western culture and society, Ooh, yeah. right? Like that you pull yourself up by the bootstraps, right? Like you're not supposed to need, you're not supposed to depend on people. You figure it out for yourself, right? 
particularly if you happen to be a woman. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Thank you for saying that because codependency, yes, it's a thing. Yes. But the pendulum can swing too far in that direction of making people feel like, oh, well, I don't want to be codependent. So I'm going to go and swing all the way over here and never ask for help and always do it myself and suffer in silence and all of this like negative outcomes of that. So what I really hear you saying is like people who tend to be high achieving will really benefit from a beautiful interdependence relationship where there can't they can look at those questions that you asked earlier it's like what is the meaning i'm making about asking for help or those types of things and how can i find that middle ground of sometimes being more vulnerable and saying like this is really hard for me and and finding the people that you can trust within that because obviously as we've established typically this type of person can be exploited by other people because they're so excellent at achieving things. So of course we want to make sure that it is like a, you know, beautiful thing, but you're totally right. Like we are also meant to be in connection with one another. And especially with the way our world is designed, we've just moved so far away from it in so many ways. And it seems like it's trending really hard, particularly in the U.S. and the other direction. Yeah, absolutely. I know. You know, and I was also thinking about Caitlin, too. It's sort of just what came up for me. But when we're so good at what we do, right, and we don't then ever take credit for it, though, too, right? Like, well, right, like, oh, you know, it was nothing or, right, like, I don't know how that happened, right? Like, we're so quick to then not even take credit, though, right? Like, we do all of this, and we work so hard, right? And all we want is the praise and recognition, right, because it feels so good. And then yet, when we get it, we're like, oh, me? No, right? Like, I don't really deserve this. Or, you know, it was really so and so who did blah, blah, right? Like, we're so quick, though but even though everything in us has been like oh but i want that that's what i'm shooting for oh my gosh yes i was just thinking about as i was as i've been having like you know working with parts of me that are coming up about like pausing my business and blah 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 and talking to my partner and he was like what do you mean like i was like oh my gosh this and this and he's like but look at everything you've done it's like we don't even see it We don't even see like the achievements or we have parts, at least I do, that get in the way of blocking that. And particularly as an entrepreneur, you know, it's not like there's a boss that's like, great work, Nicolette. Great work, Caitlin. You're crushing it. No one's telling you that. You are just out here in your own head and it can be really, yeah, hard to remember to do that. So such a good point. Yeah. And the flip side of it too, is that when we do have a setback, failure, obstacle, we are so quick to say, Ooh, right. Like I knew I wasn't good enough. I knew I couldn't do this. I knew I was going to fail. Right. Like what an interesting, when we have success, Oh, that's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Allergic reaction. (laughs) But then when right, like it's a, it's a failure, it's an obstacle. It's like, Oh, of course. Right. Like, of course. Totally. 
it's all my fault rather than like, that's just part of that showbiz baby, you know, like that's just (laughs) part of the game of, I don't know. Someone said like, if you're not trying or if you're not failing, you're not trying. I can't remember. You know, somebody famous said that. Yeah, but it's true because we have, that means you're trying, you're doing it, you know, you're showing up, you're trying things like not everything is going to be a hundred percent successful a hundred percent of the time. Right. So that is so scary for those parts because again, Mm -hmm. we keep circling back to, and this is why. I so appreciate the way you do this work. It sounds really aligned to the way that I work as well of like, that's why we've got to return to those younger parts of us and really help them and hold them and support them and let them know that this setback means nothing about you. You, yeah, yeah. My goodness. Talk to me about, we've probably hit on this, but just to really- like quick, everybody loves like a quick list, a quick hit. What are the top things that high achieving women need to know? (laughs) You know, number one for me is none of this stuff defines who you are as a person. Oh, boom. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Which I can imagine also feels really hard to sit with because so much of our identity gets wrapped up in what we do, right? Like when we first meet people, one of the very first things Ugh. people ask, oh, what is it that you do? Right? Like it is so integral to who we are as people, right? Totally. Make it up. So when I say that none of that has anything to do with you, oh, right? Like what? Totally. Right. Yeah. And also particularly in America, I would like to start a movement. Can we please stop asking that question in the beginning? I'm trying hard not to because it's not as present in other countries. I hear this and I'm just imagining younger me. What, how do we, what do we do instead? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I'm also thinking about, I read or heard something where it said the reason that we ask that question, what, what do you do for a living? Yeah. You is that we are, whether we realize it or not, trying to determine how much respect to give a person. Completely. Where do I rank you socially? Yeah. Do I need to spend time on this connection? Right. Are you quote unquote successful enough? Do we have something in common or are you this? And now I've socially ranked you over here. I mean, it's horrible when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. But as the person who I have parts that of course tie my worth to my work. Yep. Same. How do I, cause question aside, like America's gonna do what okay. America does. <laughs> How do I, or what, what would you say to someone who's like, okay, I hear that. I want to start taking steps to move to detach that. Is yeah. that where inner child work comes in from your perspective? Yeah, it absolutely can. There's something that I use with clients because this is very common work, right? Of course. But- especially that I'm doing where, right. Like if none of this defines you, says anything about you. Right. And then it's like, okay, then where does it come from? Right. So then what Nicolette and the hard thing that everybody sits with, right. Is like, you already have it, right. Like 
you were born inherently worthy and valuable, right? Like just you as a human being existing is enough. That gets to be enough. And that's hard. Mm. And especially again, like in our society and culture with capitalism and all of those things, right? Like, and yeah, it is hard. But so, because people are like, "Mm, I don't think that really is true, right? Like, is that enough? And I always go back to think about little babies. What do babies do? They're literally existing, right? Like they need food, they need sleep, they need diapers change, right? Like, but all they do is exist. And I asked them, like, would you look at a baby in its face and tell a baby you're worthless? You do nothing. No, we would never look at a little baby and think, you're so worthless. (laughs) You suck. (laughs) Right? You suck. What are you doing? What are you providing? Right? Wow. Yeah. And that is like our most inner child, right? Like really connecting back to the second you were born, you already had it. You already have all of the worth and value and enoughness that you could possibly have. Nothing gets to determine that or take that away, right? And that's what happens when all of this stuff is externalized. We're giving so much of our own self away, right? Like so many Mm. other things get to have power over us, right? Because what if we don't have success? What if that next idea flops, right? What if we don't take off with whatever this thing is, right? So that means that's it. You just suck, right? Like you're just inherently worthless. You have no value. Like what? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, absolutely. So we are so born with it. And I know that that is such a, when you've been doing this for so long, it is such a a mind fuck to really try to like sit with, right? And really reconcile and because I think there's a part that might even in, involve like some grieving of, oh, right. If I had always known that I had this inherent worth and value, maybe I wouldn't have made some of the choices that I made. Maybe I wouldn't have put up with some of the things that I put up with, right? Totally. If I had had, if I had known this, right. So there's sometimes even grieving of like, oh, I did some, some really sad or I put up with some really awful things because I I didn't think I was worth better or more. Yeah. yeah. And that's where that compassion can come in too. Like, of course you did. You didn't know any differently at that time. And so it's okay. And we can still feel like that is sad. Yeah. But we can also make a different choice now that we have the new information too. Yeah, such a good point. Okay, anything else that you feel like high – that was a big one and a really important one that high-achieving women need to know. So anything else, though, that you want to like – Yeah, and I there? think when you mentioned choice, that is – like that is where so much healing happens. And I talk so much with my clients about what we really want to figure out is like, what has been the defaulted response that we didn't even think about that we're just doing, right? And that's usually inner child, right? Younger self showing up who's saying, oh, I know what to do, right? And like, we don't think about it. We don't like it. It just happens. It just happens, right? And so some of the work is like figuring out like the pause in that. Yeah. But, But then, right, like 
the healing is the choice. And even when I tell my clients is like, you might be at a place where you say, okay, I think I know this is the choice that I would like to make, right? Like setting the boundary, saying no, whatever it is. And you say, and I just don't know if I can do that yet. So I'm going to choose the old thing. And even that is so energetically different, right? 100% because there's a conscious pause choice point moment where even if it is uncomfortable, you've got parts kind of blocking the different choice, knowing that you're consciously choosing is so much different than having a default, you know, in my case, a 10 year old, just like, boop, boop, boop. I got this because then you're forming that like 2023 leader connection to this part and saying like, okay, see you. You're you win today, but (laughs) yeah, tomorrow I'm taking the microphone back, you know? Yes, absolutely. It is. It's just so different. And I have found with myself and even my own clients, when you just have permission, right? Of like, yeah, you can choose the the default thing. It's so interesting how now that you have permission, you're like, oh, I could. We often end up like choosing the other thing anyway, right? Because we're like, oh, I could choose that but I know that that's not really where I want to be or what I want to keep doing. So yeah, I'm going to try this new thing, even though it feels really scary or uncomfortable, or I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. I'm going to choose it because now you have permission. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. Something fun. (laughs) I'm doing a new segment around like bringing some pop culture in. Mm. Who are your favorite high achieving like movie or TV characters, if you have any that you just like watch and you're like, yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate the wanting to be pop culturally relevant because mine are, I think, dated. Oh, dated is fine. Like give me saved by the bell, you know, anything. So my my first thought was honestly like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I never watched that show. I feel like I really missed out. I need to watch it. Maybe on my maternity leave, I'm going to do a whole Buffy thing. Okay, tell me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I mean the whole the whole premise with Buffy right is like there's only one Slayer right like born every generation. So she's the only she's the only one who can do it right like. So talk about some hyper-independence. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it can only be her. And so much of the series, she has, like, a group of friends who try to help. But it's always, like, Buffy has to do it, right? Like, and nobody is as strong as Buffy or smart as Buffy or can handle themselves like Buffy. So she's always having to, right, like, do things and save her friends at times. But the way the series goes is that she really does recognize the strength in Mm. having the friends and the support and that she might be the only slayer, right? But they're also really good at the things that they can provide, even though they are, right? And just loving like that growth and development for her where she feels like she literally is carrying, right? Like the fate of the world on her shoulders and recognizing that it is through like her friends and connection with others, right? That she can save the world, right? It doesn't have to all be on her. So I love Buffy. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so good. I I I'm totally gonna watch Buffy on my maternity leave. I gotta figure out like how I can stream it, but it's gonna happen because I've heard amazing things about the series and I just never watched it when it was on back in the what 
early 2000s, 90s, late 90s? I think like late 90s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a little dated and it it's campy and it's supposed to be. Love campy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I still like, I love, I do rewatches of Buffy because I. Oh my gosh. I love to rewatch shows. It's so good. It's just a soothing. Yeah. System. I know. And yeah. I know they've done, you know, research on that. There's, a, yeah, there's like, a, there's definitely a thing about this. Um, cool. I think mine is going to be Hermione Granger from Harry mm-hmm. Potter. Yeah. I'm a Harry Potter fan and Hermione, if you know, Harry Potter just takes all of the classes, tries to do all of the things, but like similar character arc or trajectory around you know, by the end of the series, she's kind of like, oh, maybe I can chill out and calm down because she definitely reaches that point too, where she, I forget, she has some like special thing that allows her to like that time thing where that allows her to be taking multiple classes and all of a sudden it gets like really chaotic. And it just reminds me of there is definitely a tipping point for there was for me personally, but also for our high achieving folks for sure. Yes. And it will happen in ways, small ways at first, right? Like that we may not really realize. And I think that ultimately if we keep ignoring and just pushing through, it is always our bodies that will give us the biggest signs. And I'm just saying there's a connection between chronic illnesses right? And like childhood trauma. And there's a reason women have higher rates of autoimmune diseases and all of those things. So yes, our bodies will, it will hold and it will do the thing to make you sit your ass down. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's so true. I feel like that, that would also be a really interesting episode. So maybe you'll need to come back, but I always think of more episodes as I talk to my amazing guests. Nicolette, anything else you want to say about high achievers, about this topic, about the work that you're doing? You've just dropped like so many amazing gems for people. So it's going to be great. But anything else that you're like, I wanted to say this thing and maybe not. That's cool too. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking just about, again, you know, my program is called Redefining Success. And yes. And I really, anyone who's listening to this, I think I just want to give permission or maybe even, you know, a little homework around like really figuring out what does success actually mean to you? Yes. Is it working 80 hours a week? Is it right? Like doing all of these things or is success actually having balance and freedom and flexibility, right? And like time with your family and all of that stuff. And you can, there are ways to, have the successful career, right? And business that is doing well and will probably actually do even better if, right? Like you find that balance and peace and being in that space instead, right? And again, going back to like letting your business support your life instead of the other way around. So what does success truly mean, right? And I think this other piece too that we get really caught up on of, like so afraid, scared of failure. And what does failure actually really mean? Yep. Right. Like, is it failure or is it just a setback, an obstacle, a challenge, something you need to look at differently, something that just didn't work out this time, right? Like, does it have to be, what does the word failure mean? And if you've got 
some feelings, right? Like there's, you're putting some stuff into that. That's something probably to, to look at and start to unravel a little bit. Totally. Because those definitions then define the meaning that you make about yourself when it, either one of those things happen, you know, and that's really important because does it really need to mean that? I was also thinking that I feel like for me, the definition of success is always in flux. Like Hmm. a year ago, it looked like this. And now, you know, in this season of my life, it's going to look like this. And just the permission to give yourself, and I'm saying this to me right now so that all of my parts can hear it, the permission to give yourself about it can change. And you, I personally think I need to be constantly looking at it. Like I imagine in the newborn phase of being a mom, like success is going to be like, did I brush my teeth today? You know, like did did I take a shower? Great. I'm surviving. Okay. Amazing. Like that's success. But you know, in a year from that, maybe it is something different. And let's let ourselves like grow and change and play with that. But really looking at it, because I don't think I love these questions. Nobody sits down with us and is like, hey, it's always, what do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? Never like, what feels good to you? What is success to you? So those are such good questions. Thank you. And by redefining it and giving yourself permission to like always kind of figure it out, let it be in flux, because that's the other thing with high achieving women. We have one goal, right? Of like, oh, I want to make $10,000 a month. We hit it. Well, great. Now I want to make 15 or now I want to make 20. Now I want to make 30 now, right? Like it just never stops. And we also don't celebrate when we do that, right? Like it happens and then we're like, check. All right, next one, right? And how do we, and that's, I don't want to say you can't have goals, obviously have the goals, do the things, but you're allowed to have permission, right? To say, wait a second, is this actually success for me right now? Yes. Right? Because yes. when does it ever stop at that point if it's always something that's external too? I'm just smiling because basically what you just said was like a reflection that my partner gave to me of like, Caitlin, <laughs> you know, look at everything you've done. Like, is that, when are you going to stop and be like, hey, wow, this is really amazing. And celebrate that. And also, yeah, I think as I move into a different season, I'm more curious about like less external success and more like, you know, what feels really good. Am I sleeping well? Am I connecting with the people that I love? Am I making time for them? In fact, in my business this year, one of my goals was actually to spend X amount of time with friends and family. And that was a business goal because I needed to put it on there for my little high achieving parts that were gonna, you know, focus work, on work, something work. else. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ah, oh, such good questions, such good offerings. I know people are gonna need to know this. Tell me a little bit about the program. Can people sign up right now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have a couple spots open still for October. Okay. And I have, and then obviously November wide open. So the program is again, redefining success. It's four months long and we start with calming your nervous system. You can stop making these decisions out of this like trauma survival scarcity place, right? Let's like bring you down, right? So that you can come from this really like safe, secure place and 
then we started incorporating like inner child healing, addressing limiting beliefs, sort of like pinpointing, oh, right. Like, of course, that's where this comes from, right? Like 10-year-old Caitlin, right? Like learn this author. <laughs> Oh, they're making some scary financial choices in her business. Not anymore, but yeah. Yeah, right. We start really identifying, right, where these things are coming from and then giving you the space to practice, right? Okay, so what does adult you want Mm. to do? What is a decision that is in alignment with where you want to go, right? We don't want your younger self making all of these decisions anymore, right? But we have to bring the nervous system down first, right? To be able to do any of this, because otherwise we just stay, right? Like really caught up in it, really like dysregulated. So regulation, calming, soothing, and then we just start getting into some of the work. And, you know, we get like individual journal prompts and like homework to read. Yeah. Like in between the time that we meet that you're in this, like you're practicing stuff daily, you're reflecting on things, you're pinpointing, Ooh, I noticed, right. Like that my inner child showed up this day when this thing happened, right. Like in a meeting or when I was doing something in my business and we really work through and figure out, and then we just start implementing and practicing. Okay. So what are boundaries, right. That like Mm. 2023 you wants to set, right. Like What are these things? And really starting to create and shift some of this so that you can show up in your business as safe, healthy, adult, secure self, while also, right, like honoring, validating, acknowledging our younger selves, but recognizing they're not at the head of the table anymore. They don't have the microphone. (laughs) They get a voice, but they're not the final decision maker. How, okay, this sounds amazing. How do people sign up? Do you have a link? Can I put it in our show notes? Oh, yeah, you could. Absolutely. So I am all over Instagram at Nicolette Talks Therapy, and you can follow me there. And I do have a link that. So what I offer, just so people, I think connection, right? Like personality, so much of that is such an important factor. So I actually offer like a free strategy session so that you can get a taste of what it is like to work with me. Right? Yes. So you show up, you maybe have one thing, right? You're like, I don't know how to delegate, right? I don't, I don't know how to let this stuff go. You show up. We have one session where we talk through it. I help you recognize some things. And then at the end of it, we get to have a conversation about, so what, you know, how did this feel? Was that helpful? Right? Like I, potentially I feel like there's a lot more we can do here. I would love to yeah. work together. Right. And if you don't, then you got a free session and that's cool. All right. You got you got a little something that you can take with you to practice, but it can also just be a really great introduction and a a way, right? Like to just see what is it like to yes. even space with me? Because I'm I'm not for everybody, right? I'm gonna say Same. and do things that people are like, I don't really, that doesn't really jive with me. I don't really get that. And other people, it's like, oh my God, right? Like, yes, you get me. Nobody has ever understood that before, right? And so I want people to have that opportunity. Okay, amazing. Nicolette, thank you so much for being on. It was so much knowledge and I'm really grateful for that. So thank you for being here. It was amazing. Thank you so much. And I, yeah, I just enjoy when we get to hang out and spend time and chat. Yeah, so- So excited. Thank you so much. Of course. All right, everyone. Take care and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Return. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends. And if you leave a review, five stars, I would be forever grateful.